what do you think your reception is going to be going over to Phys- physically? I mean, like, I mean, uh, yeah, what goes through being there actually in person? Right, it's different. You know, I, I don't know JB, but um, I uh, I hope it's good. I always enjoyed a very good relationship with the people of Belgium. Again, a very small country. Um, most of my staff in the day were Belgian, Flemish, from the Flemish-speaking side. Our headquarters, our European headquarters was in Belgium. Um, I loved it there. You know, it was easy to be there as an American. Everybody speaks English. You could go to the movies when you, you know, back in the day when we went to the movies over there, they were in English with subtitles. Um, and so it, it was kind of sort of like my second home abroad. And I, I hope it's good. They did some polls, you know, that were, that were positive. Um, but that at the same time you had the, the politicians who just, this is their moment, right? You know, so, the, right. but, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't really care what they say. And, and by the way, I don't, it doesn't really matter what, what anybody says we're going. And if, 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 if there's a negative, uh, episode or, or confrontation, that's, I, I always say, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm for the rest of my life. I'm prepared for you that. Can so deal with it. I can deal with that. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stages podcast. We're going to call this one our season preview, not the season preview, because we're not going to talk about, you know, 45 weeks of endurance activity and, and, and things like that. But we're going to talk about the events that we're going to cover. Yeah, we're going to kind of dig in and give you a list of what we intend to cover now. That could change, right? Yeah. Let's be honest. And uh, Well, some could be added. Some could be taken away. Yeah. And then I, it will let the controversy begin on why we're not covering this one or that one, yeah. uh, but as per people's requests. But let's let's dig right into that and kind of just start talking about what we plan to cover. And some we'll talk about in a little bit more detail. Like I want to understand why some of these are important to you. Mm-hmm. Is that fair enough? That's very fair. Now, when I first started doing stages with you, you guys were all adamant that you were never going to do the 24 hour ride again. And right. yet you're doing that next month. Yeah. We, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. And, and here's, what's crazy. JB is like, I trained all of us, I think actually trained so hard for that, or at least for us. It's the tour of Pueblo, by the way, or the, the, tw- 24, the 24 hours, hours of old Pueblo. Pueblo which there you go. The old Pueblo is really just somebody's ranch uh, halfway between Phoenix and Tucson. That's, you know, in the middle of nowhere covered with cacti um but thousands of people show up to do it and then there's support crews and it's, it's called 24-hour town right and so it's 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 a it's like burning man meets leadville meets uh Lollapalooza. and so we did this thing last year all super very well trained oh the other cool thing is it starts with a le mans style start so you like at the le mans car you race run. i don't know if they maybe yeah, i guess they still do run for the le mans you run, I don't know how far they run in the car race, but in, in the 24-hour, you run probably 300 meters in your mountain bike shoes to your bike. And so... It, it, what it a horrible way to start terrible, a race. Terrible. <laughs> and of course, last year they made me do it. And, and you're that, trying to race to get to the single track, right? You so you know, you have, it starts you, on a road. Okay. You, you have some no, time. To... A, oh, you have plenty of time. Starts on a fire road. You're fine. But it sucks running in mountain bike shoes and... and um, 
So yeah, I have to do that again, at least to start, but we're, none of us are in that good of shape now. And so it's, were you guys there to win it last year? No. Just, no, just because, for fun. Just no, getting before, getting the gang back together. Yeah, the team who won was a, was a four-man team of young mountain bike professionals. Okay. So we, we couldn't have... So there's some serious, hardcore competitors there. Yeah. So and it's then, you, it's you, it's George. Me, George. Dylan. Dylan. And Casey, Christian. Christian Vanderbilt. That's same, the team. Same team as last year. We made up some cool kits last year, jerseys and bib shorts, um, through Hinkapi that we sold that went like hotcakes. Uh, we only sold them for two weeks and cut it off. Uh, we're going to do that again. The kit will be different. Um, and so, you know, keep your eyes out for that. Um, but it's it's a nutty scene, man, like riding in the middle of the night. And then, like, last year it started sleeting and, and uh, snowing. And it was terrible. I love to sleep. I didn't get any sleep. I hated, you know, I hated the middle of the night. I left swearing. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like it's that terrible because Todd. Because <laughs> you're signed up to do it again. Well, so Todd there must Sadow be something. Todd and his crew do an amazing job. All the events they do are amazing. But I was Miz, and I was like, I'm never coming back. And I told Sadow, I said, You'll, you see this face? Take a good look, because you're never going to see it again. And shit, here we are, signed up again. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover it. We're, we'll be there. This whole crew you've you've come to know and love will be there, and we'll be slower. You know, the cool thing is you don't have to keep riding. You can stop. You can just, like, if everybody's tired, it's like, yo, we're going to take a little break. Oh, it's just the number of laps you do, right? So So you you, could. You could. You could ride one lap, start partying, go to bed, because it's from noon to noon. Mm -hmm. And then you could kind of get up at 8, bang out another lap, and be like, all right, we're good. Did you sleep at all? Yeah. Well, I I rigged it. I had it rigged. So that I got to you sleep went away. early. No, so we went. You timed out to where you could. We did it. I had this math worked out so that <laughs> there's four of us. So we went, and they're about hour hour laps. So I went first. So then I kind of rode again at like four or five, and then I rode again at like eight or nine. And I was like, ah, oh, let's go to two laps. So then I knew that there would be a <laughs> six hour chunk. So I actually got like five hours of sleep. Um, but I don't think the guys knew that I had it rigged up like that but i'm i'm proposing that we do that again and you're very talented at going to sleep on a moment's notice right i can if i see the pillow yeah as the head is going to i'm already asleep before the head hits the pillow okay and we're going to do a live stages podcast from the event well we're going to yeah we're going to do it live to the audience right um but we're in the middle of nowhere so not live to 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 you people to no coverage out there. No. All right, let's let's move on because the there's this will be the first time for the st- stages. If you didn't are new to it, started at the tour mm-hmm. uh, in July. So the classics. Um, first, I want you to talk a little bit about how important the classics are because I think there's a large fan base that followed Tour de France and Tour de France only. And many may think that that's, you know, that was your specialty at, at the end of your career. But, you know, early on you did some of that. And, you know, a lot of my point is a lot of people just follow the tour and not so much the classics, right. especially in the U.S. audience. Yeah. So, so break that down a little bit. Well, here's the difference, right? The tour is a, is a, is a three-week race, so 20 however many stages. The three weeks, right? So that's a stage, a long stage race, grand tour. The classics are one-day races. And so while a lot of these riders that do the classics will do the tour as, as support riders for their, their team leader, their GC leader, 
you know, they're different styles of athletes, right? So um, you know, as we go down this list, it's going to be hard not to pick Peter Sagan for like literally every one of them. Um, but, you know, these are ones that he's literally could win every one, potentially, um, but he'll never win the tour. So it's just a different, although he'll be at the tour, he'll go for stage wins. He's there, goes for the green jersey. He's not winning the tour. But these events, I mean, for, for those guys like him, whether it's him or Cavendish or a, a back in the day, a Tom Boonen or Johan Museu, I mean, these, these are the tour. I mean, a Belgian guy. That's, yeah, everything to if, them. If he wins Tour of Flanders. Um, is royalty forever. Forever. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. He's royalty forever. Right. And keep in mind, a lot of these countries, um, Belgium, Holland, uh, very small. So, you know, these the chances that they go literally right in front of their doorstep is probably pretty good. And then, you know, you always see the images. If, if you haven't watched a classic, I would encourage anybody to watch it because mm -hmm. if you see the cobble sections mm -hmm. and it can be wet weather, it can be a muddy mess. And they, there's the, the race within the race to hit the cobble sections first. Yeah. Well, April, think about, I mean, just on the weather, I mean, April in Northern Europe, I mean, it could be sunny in 60, but it's highly unlikely. It's probably going to be in the 30s, low 40s, throw in some precipitation, some snow. You know, it's, it's, that's the X factor. The wind, and there's always, you know, you talk about cobbles and, and hills, but the wind in Northern Europe in the, in the spring is <laughs> deadly. And you had some success at it earlier in your career but bit. you were you were a bigger rider then yeah early, early on in, in pre-cancer I, I was I thought that was my sweet spot so I, I and the team thought that that was my sweet spot so that's what I would focus on I'd focus on um, typically the hillier ones whether it's Liege-Basson-Liege or flesh Wallon or Amstel Gold Race even um, even a you know maybe a San Remo although I wasn't punchy enough for that um, and then even post-cancer, as I then shifted my focus to the tour, they're still important, right? The, the, you know, it's my view that you should, that a lot of these athletes that want to win the Grand Tours, whether it's the Giro, the Tour, or the Vuelta, should still do these races. They should still do them because Milan San Remo is, once you count in the neutral zone, is 300 kilometers. It's 190 miles. You're not going to go out and train. Nobody's going to go train 190 miles. So it's just a good day to a good day of training, relatively safe. The other thing that, that, we, that I would say is if, if the tour includes cobblestones, which is starting to do more and more, then, then, then you should do these races. You should do... It's a, like it's a skill set you yeah, need, right? Yeah, you don't necessarily have to do... The cobbles in the tour would be sections that they take from Paris-Roubaix. I wouldn't recommend that a Naro Quintana go do Paris-Roubaix. Um, but... And you don't have to do Tour of Flanders either, but you should find some of those other races in Northern Europe that are cobbled because it's the dynamic of riding those things in the race, fighting for position, getting your team lined up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can only do in a race. And so... Um, so are these guys that are, that are there to win uh, one of the classics? That's their thing. I mean, they're trying to hit their peak fitness in March, April. Yeah, no, they're doing these. They're they're in all. They they were in Australia. They 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 did the tour down under. They're gonna they're gonna be in Europe and they're gonna do Valencia. No, you they have to everything. If July is your focus, and then so if the tour and July were your biggest 
focus if you were a tour rider. Say you're, you know, it really starts to matter April 1, April, May, June. Just shift it all the way. I mean, these guys, if March and April is your focus, then it goes all, which means, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, those weren't, those boys are hitting it. Mm-hmm. There's no more, they, they can't just ease into those. Well, I think everybody knows how you feel about the hierarchy of the grand tours. Mm-hmm. Is there a hierarchy in the classics or is there, is there great debate over which one's the most epic, the greatest one, the I don't know the if there's favorite. a great debate, but I'm, but people have pretty strong opinions about it. I'm, look, most people, no, I don't know about most, but a lot of people think that Pierre Ribet is the king, the king of the classics. Um, yeah, I, I would argue, and I think I argued it or said it last summer, that, that the Tour of Flanders is actually, in my opinion, the king of the classics. Because if you consider Pierre Ribet that's cobbled and flat, dead flat, I mean, the only hill are a couple overpasses. So flat cobbles. The other sort of monument there in the spring is Liège, Baston Liège, which has no cobbles, but is super, super hilly. Very difficult race. You know, very small field at the end, if not just a, a solo rider. What if you combined the two? If you mm-hmm. combined the two, you'd have Tour Flanders. Because Flanders doesn't have the hills of Liège, but it has very, very difficult hills and climbs and et cetera, et cetera. And it's cobbled. And those climbs are cobbled, so to me, it's 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 and, a hybrid that makes it it makes it the Super Bowl of the spring. And it's is Roubaix the only one? And maybe I have them wrong with the stadium finish, the track finish. The track, yeah, yeah. Is that, do riders love or hate that? I, I I've only <laughs> finished on a track once before. I've never done Roubaix, uh, and the only time I did finish on a track was the the old Zurich Classic, which was a summer World Cup slash classic. Um, we'd come in and finish on the velodrome. I, you know, if you've never ridden a velodrome, uh, then you're probably going to be uncomfortable. If you say you're in a group of five sprinting for the win and mm-hmm. you've never been on a velodrome, you're in trouble. The but, track guys got the advantage. But those guys, the guys who are, who are in Roubaix and, and are, think they're going to be at the front, either a lot of them came from the track as, yeah. as young kids or they've spent some time on the track. It's just pretty epic to watch on TV yeah. when the, the, you know, that big crowd all the way around. Yeah. You. And despite, let me just before I forget, you know, for the cycling fan out there, there's been a lot of talk and, and controversy over the Tour of Flanders, right. which I just spoke about, inviting me to be um, a featured guest, speaking at the gala the night before, being at the race. Um, Wouter, the, the race owner, is, is a friend of mine, um, pretty passionate guy, pretty committed, clearly, invited me. Months and months and months ago, we've had long discussions about it. We met in Washington, D.C. Uh, a couple of months ago to have dinner. I think he wanted to look me in the eyes like, what are you going to say Like when you speak? You're just going to get up there and be like, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that at all. Um, he's like, okay, good. But what he, was your answer? I mean, what, Well, you'll what, see April 1st. Give us some, some no, I, hint. Look, I think it, it, my answer is changing a little bit, and it's changing because of the controversy, right? So right. now you have... We have a new president at the UCI, David Laparciana, Frenchman, which doesn't matter where he's from, um, who's come out and said, by the way, for the record, Walter, the owner of, uh, of the race, told Laparciana before he announces it, just so you know, I'm inviting Armstrong to my race. And at that time, Laparciana, according to, you know, who I heard it from, was, was said, look, 
I don't think it's a great idea, but I won't oppose it. And then, of course, now he does. Uh, right. but, but pretty strongly, and then his last, his last message was that I will not attend the Tour of Flanders. But along the way, so we, we get into this thing, and what I want to do right now is I'm going to take myself out of it because that'd be silly for me. I'm different than everybody else because I have a lifetime ban. So that does make my situation different. Um, but, and then the others can decide if it's different or not. But so then what a guy like La Parchienne does is he then goes and literally, it's like he's throwing darts. And if it lands on black, he says, you're in. If it lands on red, he's like, nope, no place. So when he's throwing the darts, Alexander Vinokurov, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's fine. Throw the dart again, mm-hmm. lands on black, that's Bjarni Reese or Michael Bogart. Nope, there's no place for them here. Right. And of course, I'm on black. Uh, throw it again, Laurent Jalibert. Red, okay, you can yeah, come. Yeah. So <laughs> that won't work. That, that will not, that won't work for the future of cycling. That's a, that's a toxic approach. And again, I'm taking myself out of it. So let me be on black forever. But you can't throw darts and figure out who's black or red because people aren't stupid. People have memories. People, people have memories of Bjarni Reese. They have memories of Vino. They have memories, memories of Jalber. You can't take, and they also, and they can't reconcile that dart game. And so what I've said all along, which I guess would include me, is let's just, let's just sit down and have a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. Like, until there is, it's been battered around so much, until there's a true truth and reconciliation process, we're going to be throwing darts forever. And so, but that's a toxic place to be, and I don't think it allows the sport to put it all in a box wrap it up, tape it up, and send it down the belt as it is. It's, yeah. I know when you had the idea to recap the tour in July, you weren't sure how well it was going to be received, right? And we learned pretty quickly that there was a pretty vast audience that was enjoying this Mm -hmm. take on it. Um, What do you think your reception is going to be going over to Flanders? Physically. I mean, like, I mean, uh, yeah, what goes through being there actually in person. Right. It's different. You know, I, I don't know, JB, but um, I, uh, I hope it's good. I always enjoyed a very good relationship with the people of Belgium. Again, a very small country. Um, most of my staff in the day were Belgian, Flemish, from the Flemish-speaking side. Our headquarters, our European headquarters was in Belgium. Um, I loved it there. You know, it was easy to be there as an American. Everybody speaks English. You could go to the movies when you, you know, back in the day when we went to the movies over there, they were in English with subtitles. Um, and so it, it was kind of, sort of like my second home abroad. And I, I hope it's good. They did some polls, you know, that were, that were positive. Um, but that, at the same time, you had the, the politicians who just, this is their moment. Right. You know, so right. The, but but I, I don't, I don't, I don't really care what they say. And, and by the way, I don't, it doesn't really matter what, what anybody says we're going. And if, 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 if there's a negative uh, episode or, or confrontation, that's, I, I always say, I mean, I, I'm, I'm 
for the rest of my life, I'm prepared for you that. You can so deal with it. I can deal with that. So the, 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 you know, just following the media, which coming from media, it's always entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. It was like, Lance has been invited. Oh, he can't come. Flanders says, yeah, he's still coming. Mm-hmm. Like, this is still happening. That's where it's at today. As we sit here today, this is this show is not going on, on you know, out to the world today. But as it right. sits today, no, it, it's the tour of Flanders. This is, look, we we saw this last summer in Colorado, right? When when the Colorado Classic asked us to come down and do this very thing in and around their race, which was super cool, and we were glad to do it. And the agencies, USADA, UCI, step in. Well, they can. They knew. They know. And I'm not. I'm not criticizing them. I'm. am t- just telling you exactly what they were thinking because I, I pretty much know. They knew they could. They could strong arm them. Mm-hmm. First year event, at the mercy uh, of the federation. Um, sanctioning means everything to them. I see the difference. And look at now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I mean, it's like that would be like comparing my son's flag football league mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. Right. It's very difficult to come in and say, you know, we're not going to let you have the Tour of Flanders. Right. It's too iconic. Too, too having powerful. said that, we, we sit here today. That's not the situation, not the case. But my guess is there are plenty of people in Colorado Springs and Lausanne trying to figure out a way uh, to make that happen. And, and we'll just have to see. Look, as of now, that's not going to happen. As of now, I'm excited to go. And as of now, Walter, the race owner, um, um, is excited to have me and... and one last thing on that, and then we'll move on from the classics. Like when he invited you to to come to Flanders and be mm-hmm. a, a guest of honor of sorts and a speaker, mm-hmm. what, what went through your head? Were you like, "Holy shit"? <laughs> or were you like, uh, "I know this is a tough question." Yeah, I don't. I mean, I was, I was, I mean, I was honored. I was humbled. I was a little surprised. I was, um, I was not really sure what I planned on saying. Um, and then I also was like, Oh, sh- I thought I was done with jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we move on from that, I just want to, I just want to, I think on some of these classics, just, just like a little 60 second on each of them, just cause okay. I think they're all so unique. And for the listener, that's, I don't know what you what you guys are into, guys or gals are into, but if you're into like some details of these races, then we, let's just give it 60 seconds on each one. Flanders, we don't need. We we gave Flanders and Roubaix, we kind of covered. Mm-hmm. Milan San Remo, I touched on super long. Uh, weather can also be a factor, but can also be nice. Ends right on the Med, right in San Remo, Italy, right on the coast. Uh, it's an interesting race, man. It's it's it is bored flat for. 80 miles. I mean, dead flat. And then you have one climb and shit, I'm forgetting the name of that climb. This is, it's, a, it's been in the race forever that you climb up and it drops you down and then you're on the coast. And then really the race starts like all that stuff before <laughs> you just kind of go along. Right. That's when the race starts And that, you know, although it's not, there are climbs along the way. It's, they're not that difficult. In fact, none of them are that if you went and climbed them as one offs, you'd be like, Oh, this is a joke. But as the race starts to get to, as I said, it's 190 miles, as you start to get over 150 into 160 into 170, and for you people who do kilometers, sorry, you can figure it out. 
Um, it, it, those little bumps just get harder and harder. The coastline's super twisty. If it's raining, it's, those Italian roads are sketchy. I said I was going to do 60 seconds. I did more. But, <laughs> but there's a lot of fans, tons of fans along the coast, especially if it's a nice day. That always plays a factor. Some dude stands out with his dog out in the middle. You know, so it, it's, uh, and then it comes down um, to the Poggio and the Cipressa. Or is it the Cipressa and the Poggio? I should, I should know all this stuff. Um, and it's, it's uh, in the day, you could get away on, on, the, last, on the last climb on the okay. Poggio. But now, almost always, there's 40, 50 guys coming to the line. Okay. And, and, then, the, and then we got, just right quick, we have uh, Liège-Bastogne-Liège, a race that in, 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 the, in the French-speaking part of Belgium. So very, very different. You know, a country super divided. Um, and just so you know, too, most Belgian professionals come from the Flemish side. Very few come from the French-speaking side. Mm. And, um, but this race, again, been around for 100 years plus. Very, very difficult. Very long. 160-plus miles. No telling what the total vert is for the day because it's never flat. Weather, it, it can snow. It can rain. It, it's... It, it's miserable. And then I think I have these flipped as well, but Amstel Gold Race is in Holland, right? Which is a nutty race, a race that I nearly won several times and one that I always wanted to win. I love, same like Belgium, I enjoyed a great relationship with the Dutch. Um, very similar to, uh, it, to me, the Amstel Gold Race is like a paved version of the Tour of Flanders. So short, punchy, Austin style hills, but not cobbled. Okay. All right. That, any other classics? Well, there's up? one between Amstel and Liège, you have Flesh Wallonne, a race that I actually did win in yeah. 1996. Finishes on the Mur de Wee that you do twice. So you do it like two-thirds through the race, I think, and then you come back, you go do another loop, and then you come back, and it finishes on top of it. And it's, it's a mile straight up, and the finish line is at the top. And isn't that how, – how divided are those races with that one in the middle? Is it – You go Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. Wow. With ep the most epic days on a bike, through yep. how many people tough do to stack, all Yeah, you tough to stack to think that you could try to win all three. Although this that style of rider wins those races, but for a rider to to do that it would be That's very difficult. I mean, you could skip flesh in the middle of the week, flesh mm -hmm. alone, mm -hmm. and win Amstel and Liège, but I don't think you could. Just do not that. enough recovery time. I mean, <laughs> not. <laughs> Not, uh, no, never mind. No. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. That, so there's uh, something new for 2018, cover these classics. Also, what would be new would be the Tour of California. Yep. Yep. In May. And what is it you love about it? I mean, because there's so many races you could choose to cover. There's a lot of the one-week European races getting ready for the Grand Tours. but. Yep. Because you want to grow U.S. cycling? No, it's important. Just... Yeah, no, it's important that we cover American events. I mean, yeah. if we ignored uh, the Tour of California in May or the Colorado Classic in in August, we'd you know we'd be doing a disservice to the sport here uh, here in the U.S. Which you know it's not on the stablest of ground, but it's still there. I mean, I, I I'm frankly I'm I'm surprised that the Tour of California is still going on. It's 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 lost. A lot of its luster um, for, for a variety of reasons, but uh, Phil Anschutz, who owns AEG, which 
puts on a bunch of sporting events and entertainment events and festivals. And They're huge. Coachella, huge. Yeah. He continues to to support it, and so um, you know they've got a title sponsor in Amgen. They probably have a bunch of other uh, sub subtitle sponsors, and. Um, yeah, it's look. It's and by the way, too, it's in California. Like it's we're not riding around Missouri. I mean, it's no offense to people that live in Missouri, <laughs> but it's gorgeous. Okay, weather can be a factor there too. And another thing that could be a factor is the timing of the tour of California. Can you talk about AC Higgs? Yeah, unfortunately, the um, so as a lot of y'all probably know, I have this. Uh, this is good to address because I think people right. want to know yep. the timing of all. Of yeah, this. Well, I'll give Go you. An, I'll give you an update. And for, right. if you live in the DC area. You'll want to know this too because I'm coming for you. Uh, so, Floyd Landis and the United States Postal Service sued me in 2000 and they probably filed it in 2012. And when it came public in 2013, it's called a Keytam case, a whistleblower case. Been going for a long time and there's been delays and stops and stop, starts and stops and stalls. And um, was supposed to go to trial last November. One of my lawyers had to have fairly significant, actually very serious uh, open heart surgery. Uh, he's back healthy, rocking uh, in trial as we speak. Um, and so it got postponed to May. So there, there is a chance, in fact, there's a very high likelihood that I will be in Washington, D.C. the entire month of May. Because this will be probably a four-week trial. Wow. Yep. And we don't know yet if it's Monday, if, if the week, is set up so that it's Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday. We don't we don't know yet. The judge will decide. That's up for him up to him to decide. Um, it's a federal civil case. They want a hundred million dollars. Uh, we can't settle the case. Uh, I think also I don't know who decides. It's, it's probably eight people on the jury with a couple alternates. So if you looked at the jury, you'd probably see ten or eleven people there. Um, yeah. And you know this is a this is big, big one. And do you, do they know for certain going in that it's going to take four weeks? Um, I think just no, they don't know. It doesn't have to. I mean, right. if if their estimate that's an estimate that it that's might, an estimate. Okay. If, if you know, uh, I think if I guess if they think of the stakes, they think of the fact that it's a federal case, the fact that you know there's other things that they can go off of that. But it's three or four weeks, which is a long time. Let me put it this way. I will not be staying in a hotel. Right. <laughs> so you know it's a long time when you go rent a house. Right, right. So what I'm saying, yo, to people in D.C. is I will, I will have to, quote, unquote, go to work every day in the courthouse um, and sit there. Uh, but we're going to be active. Mm -hmm. any, any hour I have outside of being in that courtroom whether it's an early morning master swim, wherever it is in the district, or an evening run around all the monuments, this is, this is, this is your call to action. And, and we're going to have big pop-ups, big, you know, big group sessions. I don't know so much about riding because I think the riding's a little tougher in, in the D.C. area. I will have my bike there. But, um, yo, if y'all want to... You're showing up with a moving truck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not showing up with a moving truck, but but it, but I, but I, what I am going to do is I'm, every day I'm going to suffer. Okay, I'm going to suffer. I'll probably suffer in the courtroom too. So but I'm this gonna... is probably a dumb question. Then, I mean, the tour of California coincides with this trial, yeah. so covering it, you'd be yeah. out there by yourself. <laughs> that would be a bad idea. <laughs> 
Jimmy's like, you're like calling the sprinter to win the uphill finish, you know, the mountain finish. Whoa, whoops. I could call in and be like, yeah. oh, dude, no, that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, a cycling podcast recapping daily without the expert is a bad idea. Yeah. Then we then we will have to uh, take a pass. Okay. And to be honest with you and everybody else listening, this case can't be settled. Right. Okay. Wow. Interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, then we move on to what kicked this all off, uh, covering the Tour de France in July. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got that dialed in. We have, well, <laughs> we, yeah, we, we got that figured out. We have our landlord and Pam Alexander, I think. I mean, I haven't, I heard, so. other, I haven't heard otherwise, <laughs> but we got the Airstream. We were, we were pinging these Airstream people to try to hook us up with some, you know, like a, a we needed, we thought we needed like a new studio. Maybe we don't. But otherwise, we'll just you'd be driving up there again in early. What would we say? No, it's it's the event. It starts the second week this year. Yeah, it starts later to not um, to not conflict too much with the World Cup. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and we went into the you know the blow by blow from the tour. I, I haven't changed any of my thoughts or opinions about the route that they selected. I think it's fucking amazing. Like as a fan, as a spectator, as a viewer, is just awesome. And you can go back uh, on the Stages podcast if you missed it and listen to the preview when they announced the route. Yep. Yep. So we kind of already covered that, so there's yep. no need to go yep. into that's that. All, that's all sitting there. One thing, one thing I did forget, and I was just reminded about I don't want to, I can't talk too much about it because it's, whenever we put this up, this will not have come out yet. But, but we, there is a, let me be very vague about this. There is a very prominent, how do I say this? Mark, you can tell me if we're going to take this out, but <laughs> there is a very prominent company in cycling, very influential, that is very invested in the sport on the professional side, both men and women, all disciplines, track, cross, uh, cyclocross, mountain bike, et cetera, et cetera, that thinks that the sport can be run and managed and promoted differently. So they set out, and they took a year and a half to do this, to basically write a a thesis or like a case that I don't know, I never went to college, whatever you call it. That's like 30,000 words on how the sport can be better. Not just for the, the athletes, obviously can, they talk about that for the fans, for all the stakeholders, uh -huh. the athletes, the teams, the, the, the governing bodies, the media, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we're going to do an episode about that. I won't tell you okay. who it is. I won't tell you what it says. Interesting. Uh, very interesting ideas. A gentleman from said company sat at that seat very recently, and we spent an hour talking about their findings. Well, and that happens in other sports. In fact, you touched on it with your uh, Dale Jr. interview mm -hmm. where they made some changes to the sport, oddly enough, calling them stages during the race. Mm, yeah. To help for the fans, yeah. you know, it's like, how can it be better for the fans? And yeah, well, I'm a fan and I got more confused, so. <laughs> it was confusing, but it happens in football too. They make a rule change, like what do the fans want? Yeah. The best um, part of that podcast was we, we were talking about, well, there was a lot of good parts, but we was talking about the yellow flags and he's like, too many yells, man. As he just, back in the day, just love that stuff. We just drove over that shit. <laughs> and it'd be like a, like a, you know, a lug nut out there, you know, just go drive over it. Now, it's, a, it's a great interview, by the way. That's on the forward if you want to yeah. listen to the Dale Jr. That, yeah. But you touched on that. There, it's not uncommon to sit down and do an analysis of sport, tweak it, 
better for the athletes, the fans, the experience, keep it popular, make it more popular? Well, to, you know, to, to poke at your curiosity even more, I'm, I'm telling you that the, the proposed plan by mm -hmm. said company is revolutionary. And you liked what you heard? I really liked what I heard. I'm, and they know this, I'm skeptical that a lot of this can be pulled off. I mean, this is a sport. All of this that we were talking about today and we've ever talked about when it comes to cycling is so embedded. The tradition is there, the calendar's there, the people, it's all, it's so hard to change this sport. It's mm -hmm. very, very difficult. Okay, then we move on to what was controversial for a short time last year, the Colorado yeah. Classic. Yeah. We're going to cover that again. It's already been announced that they've set the dates. Yeah. And it's so going what, they're, to not going, they're not going to Breckenridge. They're going to go to Vail, I believe. So the two days, instead of those days in Breck, I think they go to Vail now. And they probably want <laughs> looked at what happened last year trying to get the aerial coverage in the mountains. Did they address that? No, I, well, I no, love you but, no more than I do. I, I'm like, what? I just, I, 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 when they announced it, I just read that they, but you. Well, you they're know. crazy if they don't. If they don't change, if they don't race in the morning, they're crazy. We, we will be watching. You were very outspoken on that last year because they, they, we we'll, couldn't get the coverage. No, we'll the, be the, watching static finish line shots. Yeah. Like, they're going to have to do something. It's to Colorado fix that. in August. It's, it rains. It's storming. Every day and and every, if, what happened to us last year is we're watching the feed like anybody doing commentary would, and the planes couldn't fly at that right. altitude right. with bad weather, right. period. So hopefully they'll address that again, but we'll be there, I'm for, guessing, in an unofficial capacity. Yeah, we'll be unofficial. All we'll right. be rogue. But um, let's rent that same house. That was a dope house we stayed that in. That was very cool. That was so dope. But thank God for TJ Eisenhart going balls deep. And then coming we gotta have him back. Oh yeah, he'll come back. Well, we gotta have him. Have, have I showed you my ball? My, well, he made all these shirts. He makes everything now. Balls deep stick. After that, <laughs> after that day, it's a full merch plan. <laughs> so they've got the balls deep tees, the necklaces, the, the stickers, the brace, everything, <laughs> everything balls deep. But he so he sent me a customized uh, balls deep T-shirt where there's and it's B A L L Z, mm -hmm. but on my Z it's got a little line. Or it's got like a little Ghostbusters thing, you know, with a line through it. So it just says ball deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, so Colorado Classic in August. Yeah. And then we're going to cover Iron Man again. I, yeah. I enjoyed that. In October. Yeah. That's because you didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So we, we ended up doing, you know, I liked what we did last year. We talked, spent a, a day talking to Mark Allen and one yep. talking to Dave Scott, a preview and a post. Um, we can probably have some other guests that are experts in that. Arena. Yeah, and, and for the triathletes listening, if even if you're not thinking about Kona or not going to go to Kona this year, but you want to do an Ironman or even a half Ironman, you should watch them or listen to those shows because Mark and Dave clearly know what they're talking about, have experience, and just their, just the super simple to-dos, the checklist, the, you know, what to do, what not to do, just the things to, to know, if, whether it's uh, – you know, specific to Kona or not, but hydration, nutrition, pacing, heat, etc. There's just a lot of stuff for anybody. You could be doing, I don't care if you're doing Ironman, uh, South Africa, whatever. Mm -hmm. it, it's important. So okay. go back and check those out. And I didn't hear any rumblings of Costa Rica until I got here today. Yeah, what Pura, is that? Pura, Pura Vida. So there's a race that, um, and this, 
This has, well, maybe this is, this may actually be the announcement. Higgs, we should make that video for them before this goes out. Okay? We got <laughs> okay. to make a video where I say, you know, hey, coming down, can't wait. Which is true. Um, true that I have to make the video, but also true that I'm excited. Okay. Um, and so, this is no telling. I mean, people are just going to light their heads. If they're mad about Flanders, then yet another you know, invitation. But this is a race that's been going on. I think last year was its 25th anniversary. They asked me to come come down last year for, for that, you know, that milestone. It's right in the middle of Luke's football season, so I couldn't make it happen. I didn't want to leave and miss a game. Um, so we're going back. So it's been around for 26 years. It goes from one side of the – I've never been to Costa Rica. goes from one coast all the way across the country to the other coast. But, but apparently, like, the shit is supposed to be, like, terrible. Like, the hardest three days you can ever imagine. Hmm. La Ruta de Conquistadores. And um, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I say I'm excited. I'm sitting here in, in uh, you know, in the spring. Might be a little different when I get down there and not having trained. Well, that's late in the year. This, yeah, I'll, this I'll be ready. Be. No, you have to. It's, it's hard enough that you. Oh, oh wait, wait. This, okay, now let's not gloss over that. Well, this is not just to cover it. You are doing this. No, I'm, 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 I'm like the featured writer. <laughs> okay. It's not sanctioned. Okay. That's somehow I missed that part. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the bike race. Oh, because it's not sanctioned. I should you, say you I'm, can get into. I'm, it. I should just say, oh, I'm gonna, I'm participating. You're participating. I mean, these, these guys, okay. they get some of the best mountain bikers in the world now, and the locals, the, the the domestic guys from Costa Rica are insane, and obviously they know the trails, and there's a lot of dirt road, a lot of clay, like they just apparently the clay, you're ridden in clay, like wet clay. No, forget it. You you can't ride. So it just it gets into everything. But your your competitive nature. Yeah, but it's not. I'm, not. I'm done. You're not just gonna coast it. I am. Oh come on. Pura vida. That's what they say <laughs> down there. They got all these monkeys. They got monkeys everywhere. They have alligators. I'm serious. They have alligators. I've seen pictures. They ride on fucking on. Uh, Which uh, do you fear more, the they alligators ride, or the monkeys? No, no. The mon- I think the monkeys are nice. I fear more than mosquitoes. I'm not. I'm not really worried about. Uh, I hate mosquitoes. I'm not worried about alligators. I can get. I can know to stay away from that. But mosquitoes, they come to you. But they like. Check this. They ride on railroad tracks at times. So not like across the railroad track like you normally do. Right. Like straight down the middle. Just like like boom boom. Wow. Like wow. Dude. Awesome. So this will be great. Yeah. It's uh. And if that isn't bizarre enough, Roman, Roman and his sister, actually Roman and his sister and his brother, they put on the event for 26 years. Roman is in um, uh, the Mountain Bike Hall of Fame. Here's Angus Morton calling me. <laughs> Call you back. Um, legendary dude came and did the Aspen 50 last summer or last September. What a sweetheart. Total sweetheart of a guy. Oh, and he signed up for the Texas 100. There you go. Yeah. What I was starting to say is if, is if alligators and clay and monkeys isn't bizarre enough, can you also talk about what you're doing in November? You've got, I mean, you're going to be dialed in with fitness because you're going to be running a lot too. Yeah. So, and by the, yeah, by the time we put this up, we will have put up, will we have put up Chris Redlitz by then, Higgs? Possibly. Possibly. Potentially we put up a, a podcast that I did with a guy by the name of Chris Redlitz, who's a successful venture capitalist in San Francisco. Long story short, 
years ago, many years ago, he got invited to, to give a talk at San Quentin, the state prison, right there, right across the bay, the only death row prison in California. Um, it, it, he was skeptical to go. Nonetheless, he went. He was impressed with uh, what they were trying to teach these inmates. They were trying to teach them. It was basically a business class. So these guys, while they're in prison, they can learn woodworking. They can learn, you know, how to, you know, a lot of other, a lot of other trades. That they're all getting out. Yeah. By the way, unless they're on death row, they're all getting out. Okay. They're all getting out. We can't build enough prison and hold enough people. They all get out. And so they, they like to offer these, these inmates uh, opportunities to learn. So he went, and this was a business class. Uh, he was impressed. He left inspired and touched by their commitment to learning. And he created a nonprofit called The Last Mile. And The Last Mile basically uh, has built classrooms and workshops and, you know, the whole, all the infrastructure in San Quentin and now seven or eight other prisons around the country where they teach these prisoners. And I'm, and I'm not talking about petty thefts. I'm talking stone-cold murderers. So they're teaching these guys to, uh, to code. And... You have to be, you, know, you have to be a model inmate to get into the class. You can, and while you're in, obviously you cannot mess up. And messing up in in, in federal prison is if you take orange juice back to your cell, or, or you know, it's small. That's an infraction. Wow. But you have to have a perfect record to, to get into the the coding program at San Quentin that that the last mile does. So they asked me to come recently, just recently asked me to come speak to the class. I was like, hell yeah. I'll do that. And so I, I went in, there's about 60 of them uh, learning to code. Um, it was, I can see why Chris Redlitz did what he did because I, I was so inspired when I left. And, you know, what I don't you say look, to them. <laughs> you know, I, here's what I told them I said, look, guys, um, I, I never killed anybody. I never raped anybody. I never did anything like that. But I did a lot of other bad shit and I got a life sentence. And so I know what it's like uh, to be given a life sentence. It's, I'm not in here with you guys, but I've been given a life sentence. Mm -hmm. So I've had to figure out a way to move forward with my, with my life. So here we are sitting here right, right now, right. other things, mm -hmm. a new business, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't know what I was going to say to them. That's kind of the best thing I could come up with. And then we just sort of jammed for an hour, and they had a ton of questions. And uh, Were they know, fans? Um, I know that's a tough thing to get. Yeah, there, there's, there, yeah. Where they weren't like, who is this guy? No, no, God, no. No, no. By the way, a year ago, Mark Zuckerberg went in and spoke to the class. Oh, wow. So Redlitz is getting, you know, not only is he expanding this program around the country, just opened up Indiana, um, but he's getting guys to come in, you know, first of all, I don't know what coding is, right? I know how to turn on my computer and like turn it off. Right. So, you know, but guys like Zuck, I mean, they're legit mm -hmm. tech guys. And so uh, when I was there and I was talking to the boys, somehow it came up, you know, the, the, their daily activity, what they get to do. Because the yard is in the middle of, you can go on Google Earth and look at San Quentin. It's fascinating. Um, the yard is right there in the middle. And so somehow it came up. It's like, oh, we have a marathon. One of the guys says, so when is it? They said, it's, it's November. I said, okay. I said, um, what was the, the winning time last year? And he said, 317. And I said, I'll beat him by 20 minutes. 
So it's 105 laps around the prison yard. When, you, when you're in the yard, there's two lines, basically the width of a sidewalk, green lines that, that are painted around the entire yard. So you have to stay inside those lines for 105 laps. <laughs> when you first brought this up, I was like, uh, you know, because everyone's heard of like the Alcatraz swim. Is this a novelty thing? And it's like, no. And nobody, these, outsiders don't do this. These are the prisoners. 23 prisoners ran it last, last who, November. Who train and work at it and are competitive. Look, the, the yard is, they, they get to go in the yard qu quite a lot. It's foggy in those, if it's foggy uh, and you can't, and there's like a little, you know, there's little rules. If they, out in the bay, if they can't see the first set of buoys because of the fog, nobody can leave their cell. The second they see the first buoy, then the prison opens. And these guys, they're out in the yard. They can play Batman. The, the Clippers, uh, are not, the Golden State Warriors, go out and hoop with the guys. On, they have a basketball wow. court. they got a tennis court. they got a, a baseball diamond. They have, I did, did pull-ups with the boys in the yard. Um, and so, look, because we're going to get, you know, inevitably. This is interesting. Yeah, inevitably <laughs> you, get, you get shit for this. But um, because these guys did real crimes. Right. They took people's lives. Some of them took more than a per one person's life. And there are a lot of people that will say, how could you uh, support that? Support these guys getting out. And by the way, when they get out and they have, they've learned to code, it's not like they get to say, okay, I know how to code. They're getting real jobs. Mm -hmm. They're going to work for the biggest tech companies in the Bay Area making real money. And by the way, too, speaking of money, the highest paying job in San Quentin is I think in the, in the guys who make the license plates, they make a dollar an hour. The coders in the last mile in prison, because they work for people outside of the prison. Mm -hmm. They don't have the internet, but they have their own sort of intra-web that mm -hmm. they can work. They make $17 an hour. So guess, these guys, they could be this tall. Guess who the most powerful man in San Quentin is? He's in that class, because mm -hmm. he makes 17 bucks an hour. Wow. But when they get out, they get these legit jobs. And so for the person to say, how could you support them getting out and getting a high paying job? Here's some stats. Number one, first stat I already told you, they're all getting out anyways. Number two, the ones that are in, that get out, that never got any sort of formal training, 60 plus percent of them turn right back around and go back in. Mm -hmm. In the last mile, been around seven or eight years. These guys get out, 0% of them go back. So if they're getting out, and, and, they're, uh, and they've atoned for their sins, it, you got to train them. You, it's, it's, up to, it's, it's, it's in our benefit for them to return as productive mm -hmm. citizens to, to their community, to their family, to their city. Um, and so, as I said, I had Chris Redless on and Chris Schumacher on, one of the, uh, a young man, he's not young anymore, but he spent 20 years, stabbed a guy in Los Angeles, drug deal gone bad. Um, but learned to code, lives in the city, has a great job, super fit, runs all the time, it's on Strava, um, had those two guys on talking about, and the thing about Schumacher, anybody that comes out of, first of all, anybody in San Quentin, if you walk up to them and say, what'd you do to get here? They will all tell you. None of them will say, I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. They'll all tell you. That's all amazing. And it sounds like every prison and America can learn from it about reforming people, but I'm still, I'm still getting, I'm trying to get my brain around this in November. Yeah. It will be 
prisoners running their annual marathon. Yep. And you. And me. If Has if, any if, other... if, if we can see the first buoy. If the buoy, if we can't see the buoy, the, the yard's on lockdown. I mean, maybe maybe the next day. But yeah, I'll be there with with 20 plus convicted has, killers. Has any other outsider ever run the marathon? No. There are, there's, a, there's an event that Runner's World wrote about about a year ago, a, a, a major prison in Portland that has a marathon that they do let outsiders in. Very few people get to go in and run. But to the best of my knowledge, I don't know. I don't think anybody's run with the prisoners. That's and by the wild. way, to, by the way, part whatever, the yard's open. So there are 4,000 inmates in that prison. And you guys are just running the perimeter. Yeah, but I got, I got the, I, I mean, I got the cheering. I got my boys lined up you know, to cheer. <laughs> da, da, da. So, and here's another crazy, this is, this will blow you away. But for you um, endurance people, which we all are. So I, I asked Chris Schumacher, who had run the marathon when he was in, like, do they set, like, did they have like aid stations for you guys? Like, do they have, right. he's like, no, no, they, they put out a pitcher of water, maybe some cups. And so most people who want to do a marathon or have done one know you need uh, hydration, but you also need some sort of fuel. So they'll have gels. Yeah, have, yeah. So he was taking, check, this is crazy. So for his uh, form of sugar, fuel, he, when he would get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at the cafeteria, he would uh, separate it, eat the peanut butter side, and then scrape off the jelly and save that. So he had like a little thing of jelly that he had taken weeks of just like scraping like off. Like making their own, making his own saving gel. up yeah. for race day. Do they have proper running shoes? They have. They gear? have issued. Or? No, it's it's. Uh, you ever remember remember the the shoe company called Avia or A V I A Avia? You remember that? No, I don't. Yeah, I was sponsored by them when I was a young kid. But that is the most common shoe I saw there. I mean, there must be some deal that that's what they get. So they've got decent shit. You should have to run anyway. <laughs> Mark, I, I think it's time for you to turn around and pay attention to the the Mevo, who's looking who. But, uh, but they don't have. I mean, I don't know what they. I don't know if they were on shorts or what. But it's it's we're going and we're gonna wow. and, and it's going to be a stages episode. I I thought you were shitting me when you said that they have the marathon and you were invited to do it. And I as I looked up a story that was written about it. Some of the parts of the course is, are like ninety degree turns. Yeah, it's no, not it's like tight. A, it's not like a sweeping track. Okay, yeah. Look, look. Here's here's no. It's it's not a no no no. Which it's, is not. It's, a, it's all. It's 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 gonna. It's not gonna be easy. I mean, if you actually if you think about it, with tight turn three seventeen, staying in the lines is is picking them up and putting them down. But here's the hardest part of the whole thing. Who counts? Like you got to count yourself. I'll, I'll never, I, I would for sure lose count. <laughs> Wait, was I on 62 or is it 63? No, there's no official. It's a non-system, no, and, and if, but right? Get, there's going to be people walking, so you're going to be lapping people. There's no way for them. To, there's not a chip. They don't have the chip, the timing chip. Wow. So I think I'm going to have to get one of those little clickers, like a like, right, a, like right. you have at the door. At when the, you're at like the club. A, yeah. <laughs> That's the only way I'm going to be able to keep count. This is a, this is a real problem. <laughs> wow. I'm I'm just fascinated by that. I mean, it's just as, and that's the last thing we're going to talk about for the year. And some things are subject to change. There may be some one-off uh, controversies here or there that we might tackle, right. like we did, you know, the Froome episode yep. that you and Dylan well, it's hopefully did. at some. Speaking of that, I mean, at some point there, you hope for him and and 
his team and the entire sport and fans of the sport and et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't matter what side you're on. I mean, there needs to be a resolution. I mean, that, that thing has continued to go on and on. And, it, you know, and then my old friend Laparchian chimes in. This is bad for the sport. The team should volunteer to suspend him, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, it just, ugh. But yeah, there's going to be there there is going to be a resolution. Yeah. We we should we should talk about it. I okay. Mean, I'm assuming that you all would want to hear us talk about uh I think we keep Dylan off that show. He was a little he was a, he's not made for TV. <laughs> no, he, like he can, I'm made for TV. Well, you you have a face made for radio. <sighs> cool. <laughs> and among all of this as well, there's a couple of uh, we do rides. There's the Texas Hundred. Texas Hundred moved coming up, up in mid-April. Yep. If you want to check that out, come uh, come down to Central Texas and yeah, ride with gorgeous. us. And, it's gorgeous. And then April in uh, sorry in the fall, there's the Aspen Fifty yep. mountain bike ride. So, Mid September. Yeah. That's going to be 2018. That's it. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good 50 days of stuff. And we'll take your comments. And I, I know people are going to want to beg to come do this or that event. Uh, or, you know, why are you covering that? I don't know. It's, it's interesting to read your opinions. You can always send that to stages at we do.team.